Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. And this is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. So I know we've told you guys this a million times, but my platform of choice is Instagram. Yeah. I mean, truly. I don't. For me, it's Facebook. Really? Yeah. I don't ever touch Facebook. Yeah. I'm Which is interesting because I see you like things, stories pop up on my thing because you've commented on them. And I'm <laughs> like, Fatina, don't fight with that stranger. <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because one, I did a poll today asking you guys if you were okay with us doing like chit chats at the beginning. Because oh, I okay. was like, I said in it, Fatina and I are both super cognizant of the fact that like you guys have lives to leave and we hate podcasts that sit there and chat for 20 minutes before they get to the actual story. Oh my god, yeah. But I have a lot to talk about today. Okay. And well, so it's different when it's true crime related. And I said that. I was like, it yeah. is all true crime related, so it's on brand. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and then at most, we, I mean, even when I'm doing the editing, the longest that I've let it run is maybe like seven, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I know why you're here. Let's get to it. Yep. My Favorite Murder just posted their episode about Lacey Peterson. Mm. And so that got my brain thinking because they very much came from it from the position of he is guilty. Like, he has been convicted of his crime and therefore he is guilty. I understand that logic and everything like that. But it also made me kind of, like, go, okay, what you believe could truly be based on the sources you get your information from. So, like, is this really trial by media? Like, what happens if, like, these are your only sources where you're getting information from is people that are like, yes, 100%, so-and-so did it. That's like anything in life. Uh-huh. But, yeah, when it comes to, like, this case, this this case is, like, the prime example of the media is feeding it to you. So yes. you're going to believe what the media is telling you. And so that brought my brain to thinking about a story that I posted on Instagram earlier in the week about a case. It was a death penalty case that got overturned. Mm. Um, based on DNA evidence and figuring right. out that this person that was on death row may or may not, and has it been overturned? Maybe it hasn't been overturned yet, but it basically like DNA evidence was indicating that this person was potentially going to be exonerated for this crime, that right. he actually hadn't been involved with it. 17 years on de- death row and right. he's probably not guilty of it. So it got my brain thinking about, um, all these different things. And I posted that question for you guys, to kind of engage with, like, as far as your thoughts on the death penalty. <laughs> First of all, the one thing everybody agreed on was that maybe we should reassign the death penalty to people that abuse children. Like, oh, especially, absolutely. like, those who sexually abuse children. Yep. Um, the Like, resounding consensus. So, good job, everybody. We all agreed on one thing. Yep. <laughs> but I also, like... I felt super inspired by the conversation just because everybody was able to talk about it without anybody being offended by somebody else's perspective. Because I posted every all yeah. the responses and everything. Nobody, like, attacked anybody else's opinion. Nobody else, like, felt the need to, like, name call. Nobody felt the need to get into an all-out fight about it. It was just like, oh, that made me think of this. And, like, oh, but, like, also considered this. And it was a really interesting right. conversation. Um, so thank you so much for those of you who like are on Instagram and you guys do actively engage and that you have basically allowed us to create a platform where those kind of conversations can happen. It's like a safe space. And it can happen safely mm-hmm. and productively and like without fear of retribution. I was super nervous posting it because I was like, oh God, this could like easily yeah. turn political or something. But I yeah. felt like super inspired by our subscribers ability to like 
carry on that conversation and That's do it respectfully. Good. So I totally enjoyed it. And then I was like, I want to talk to them about a million other things now. <laughs> but it also kind of like made me go like, this is my problem with Scott Peterson's case. Not that I, again, I'm not saying he's innocent. I've said this a million times, but for whatever reason, it doesn't resound with some people. <laughs> I'm not saying he's innocent, but this was my issue with Scott Peterson's case is because I do think his conviction was sloppy. Hmm. And if that same logic and prosecution gets applied to other people who are actually innocent of their crimes, this is how you end up having people sitting on death row that should not be. All right. So I think that's it for true crime news. Yeah, right? I'm really done now. <laughs> um, so... But speaking of Instagram polls, um, before we did Spreckles Mansion Part 2, like the same day that we did, that I posted on Instagram stories about doing Spreckles Part 2, I had also come across a story of an Oregon woman who had fed a man's body to pigs. Oh, yeah. And I was like, tell me if you want me to cover this. Again, there was only like one or two people that voted no. I need to start looking and seeing if it's the same people voting no (laughs) on every story. Hmm. But everybody was like, yes, do it. And I was like, okay, but like first I got to do Spreckles Mansion, then Fatina's story will get posted, and then we'll yeah. do the pig feeding woman out of Oregon. And so here we are. Today is the day. You know, I just saw something today that um, they're saying Portland is not weird anymore, but I oh, beg God. to differ. <laughs> I, I disagree strongly, mm-hmm. strongly. Example uh, number one. Yes, although she's from rural Oregon. Um, Still, uh, yeah, she's from like more of the Grants Pass area, God. which one could argue is still weirder. Yes, yeah, it's it's an area. Anyway, the story starts with a man named Robert Haney. He was fifty six years old, and he worked as a handyman. Um, and he answered a Craigslist ad that was posted by a woman named Susan Monica. She needed a guy to come work for her on her farm in Wilmer, Oregon. Or it says Weimer, Oregon, but I've never heard of Weimer, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Weimer, Oregon? No. Um, it's near the Rogue River, and it's right outside of Grants Pass, like I said. So it's in Jackson County, Oregon. So she had posted an ad, basically like, "I need a guy that can can come work on my farm or whatever." She needed kind of like somebody that could do it all, like a handyman, carpenter, sure. like knew it all type thing like a farmhand kind of thing. exactly yeah. and so he answered that ad and went to work for her and was there about six months before he disappeared so susan monica obviously had posted the ad so she was born as stephen buchanan on july 8th in 1948 um she served in the u.s navy before being honorably discharged and then at that point she transitioned to female gotcha and then Began working a job as an engineer, moved from California to Oregon, and bought 20 acres of farm in 1991, and kind of built that farm from the ground up. She kind of, like, resurrected this barn, and, like, it turned into this whole kind of, like, a rough and rugged type of farmer type thing. So it's not, like, this beautiful, picturesque farm. It was basically, she took, like, this woodland area, cleared it out, and started, like, building stuff, like, makeshifty. Okay. So it's not, like... It's not easy on the eyes. Right. Not like the the Oregon dream that everybody pictures. So she, she made it functional type of thing. Exactly. 
So she hired Haney as kind of like her quote unquote rent a husband. Like there are those types of businesses or whatever, (laughs) but like she really needed somebody again that can do anything. And she paid part of his salary in cash. So he got that in cash. And then his other part of his like quote unquote salary was him being able to live on the farm rent free. He could park his trailer on the land. Okay. And basically like live there and everything like that. And he wouldn't have to pay any type of rent. So he's saving money and what he would pay to actually like house his trailer. And then in December of 2013, Robert's family realized that nobody had heard from him in quite some time. So on January 1st of 2014, the Haney kids went to the farm and that's where they found Susan Monica. Uh, She said that he had quit four months earlier and actually asked his kids to clear out his stuff. Oh, so the kids go over to his trailer and they're like, Okay, well, this is weird because he had left his leather jacket, which is apparently kind of like a staple piece for him. His dog was still there running around. He had left both his motorcycle and his truck, so he had no vehicle. How did he get away? Yeah. Exactly. And his tools were left behind. Now, as somebody that was like a handyman, and that's how he made his living, his tools are kind of important. And they found things were just kind of in disarray that didn't really make sense. So the kids instead filed a missing persons report. Now, since Robert Haney lived off of cash, he was really hard to trace. He wasn't a card user. He was a cash-only type of guy. They have a hard time tracking him down for that reason. So the detectives decide to first start with going to Susan's house and questioning her about his disappearance. Yeah, last known place. Yep. The property was a mess. Susan said he had worked there for six months And then he suddenly got a call from a female family member about her being assaulted. And he became very upset by this news. And so he started drinking very heavily and acting very erratically. And then said that he was going to go away for a while and asked her to watch his dog. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting story. I mean, that's a story. It is a story. (laughs) That's for sure. But you would think if, like, you were truly upset finding out a female family member had been assaulted, you would go. Yeah, you don't just pick up and leave without a vehicle. No. Because you're probably in the middle of nowhere. It would probably take you a second to get off of 20 acres, first yeah. of all. <laughs> and onto some civilization. And then you don't leave your dog. That's no. huge red flags. Don't leave your dog. You don't leave your dog. And so it's just, yeah, none of it really added up. So the detectives found out that he actually had an Oregon Trail card, which for those of you who aren't from here, that's mm. our, uh, that's what the Oregon government uses to put our food stamps on. Yep. So financial assistance for food. Yeah. EBT. So they found out that he had an Oregon Trail card and it, they did like a, a whole search or whatever and found out that the last time it was used was at a Walmart in Grants Pass that was about 25 minutes away from Susan's house. Yeah. And the last time it was used was in December of 2013, the day after Susan said he left the property. Oh. So they okay. were like, hmm. So they meandered over to the Walmart and they pulled the security footage and they found Susan herself on camera using oh. the card. They did execute a search warrant based on the identity theft, and they actually filed charges against her for the identity theft itself. And so, like I said, they go to the property. It is an absolute mess. There's garbage rotting. There's industrial waste. There's abandoned cars. It's just, I wrote, ill. And then my notes. Ill. <laughs> H's are L, if you know what that's from. DM me. 
it was so bad and the smell was so bad that investigators actually became ill for several days. Oh, wow. And they'd have to rotate out because they would become so sick from the smell. Like, physically so ill. So, just, like, hoarder situation. Just everything's in piles and disgusting. Yeah, it just sounds like everything is just rotting and not being well taken care of. Detective Julie Denny described it as eerie. Like, the property itself was very eerie and said it str- smelled strongly of decay. And then investigators noticed that there was a human leg sticking out of a retention pond on the property. No. It was a severed leg mid-femur, and it had toes intact. Like, it was very obviously a human leg. Oh, my God. So Susan was naturally brought in for questioning. Yeah, I hope so. And they were like, so uh, tell me about the leg on your property. I'd like to talk to you about your Halloween decorations. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about your yeah. car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come on down to the precinct, please? They brought her in and they were like, yo. What's this whole ass leg doing in your pond? There's a leg in your pond. Yeah. Explain. What did she have to say about that? Well, so her story quickly changed. All of a sudden it wasn't that he had gone off to like... You know. To save a family friend. Or whatever he was doing. She told police that she had gone out to feed her pigs one morning, but found that they were already eating. Oh, God. And said that they, that Robert Haney had somehow managed to fall into the pig pen and that he, quote, had his guts all over the place. (gasps) And that he was being eaten alive by the pigs. Since it was too late to stop the pigs at this point, she instead shot Robert in the head. Oh my God. To put him out of his misery, because according to her, he was still alive at this point, or potentially alive. No. And she said that this was the first time that she had ever done this to a human, which I was like, that's interesting that you would add that part. Why would you say that? Um, You will find out. And had done it for other animals to, like, put them out of their misery. So she knew it was wrong to do this to a human, but she didn't want him to suffer. And so she shot him to, you know, like, again, put him out of his misery. And then left his body for the pigs to eat. Wow. So then a few days later, when she felt like the pigs had, like, had their fill, she came back out to the pig pen scooped up the remains of him, put them into garbage bags. What? And then left them, obviously, outside. And then she believed a wild animal had gotten into the bags and taken his leg to the pond. Oh, Oh my God. And she said she didn't report it because she didn't want her pigs to be put down. Naturally. No. Investigators were like, okay, thanks for the information. Um... If we continue searching your property, is there going to be anything else that we're going to find? And she was like, hand me a pen and paper. Oh, what? So she draws a map of her property. And then at some point on the the map, she draws an X. And she says, you're going to find Steve. What? Who's Steve? Who's Steve is the next question. Uh, so Steve was Steven Delacino. And he was her handyman from the year before Robert. (laughs) He apparently um, had come to work for her in this in 2012, and sometime in that summer, she said that he had stolen her guns, and when she confronted him about it, they wrestled for the guns. One went off and managed to shoot him in the back of the head, 
But somehow, after being shot in the back of the head, he managed to stand up and chase her to the barn. But then she took her rifle and shot him again, but couldn't necessarily explain why the ballistics showed that he was shot from him being down on his knees and oh, him sh- her shooting him in the head. Like execution style. Exactly. She also fed his body to pigs. Wow. And buried what was left. So I'm assuming there was enough left that they could actually determine that. Like yeah. the, everything like that. But she also took as much as she could and fed it to her pigs. Oh my God. She was then asked if there were any other bodies on her property. And she said she had 17 bodies on the property and knew Excuse she was going me? away for life. Excuse me? Right. Human bodies? Yes. What? Yes. So, she was arrested and charged on January 14th of 2014 and was charged with two counts of murder and the abuse of a corpse and identity theft. Her pigs were euthanized, which she was outraged that her pigs, the bodies of her pigs were destroyed instead of donated to a food bank, like slaughtered and donated to a food bank. And detectives were like, we can't take a pig that has eaten humans and and have them slaughtered for other humans to eat. And she was like, I guess I see your point. So, (laughs) but she was like genuinely outraged by it at first. Oh, wow. And made like a whole thing about it until like they released to the public that the pigs had eaten human remains. And she was like, oh yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Good God. Retract. Investigators continued to dig up the property, but no other bodies were ever found. They did find personal belongings, a large pile of shoes. The fuck? Other belongings of both of the men that had been killed, but they never were able to find any other bodies. Her trial began in April of 2015, and at that point, her cellmate testified that she had signed a birthday card as, quote, the sweetest murderer in Jackson County. Yeah, That's and gross. Well, and that was kind of her cellmate's uh, account uh, on it. Yeah, she yeah. was like, it just left me feeling, like, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Her cellmate also testified that she was told by Susan that... Robert Haney died because they had gotten into an argument because Robert was drunk and he hit on her. And so she shot him in the stomach. Whoa. And then pushed him into the pig pen. That would make more sense. And then let the pigs eat him alive because she shot him in the stomach and it didn't actually kill him. Oh my God. And that she had then come out the next day and shot him in the head to make sure that he was dead. Now, a forensic pathologist testified that Haney's legs had actually been chopped off with an axe. Whoa. And that his thigh bones showed evidence of an animal gnawing on them, but she couldn't say whether or not the axing had happened before or after he died. Um, Interestingly enough, Susan opted to defend herself at trial. And when I Googled this story for the first time, the pictures that popped up with her, I thought I was on the wrong case. Like, I redid my Google search because I was like, oh, this is the wrong one. And then I was like, wait, multiple women have fed guys to pigs? And then I realized (laughs) it was the same case. 
that she just looked completely different. Oh, really? So she lost a ton of weight prior to her trial. She had a bunch of stuff donated by... They said it was donated by a government organization, but not the district attorney's office. That donated what? That donated wigs, makeup, clothes, like all kinds of stuff to her and her court appearance. Because she looks like, like I said, she looked like a farmer woman, like a rough and rugged, like just crawled out of the mountains type woman. Yeah. And then she showed up in court and she looked like a... A businesswoman or like a... Like a a choir teacher or something. Oh, wow. Heavy makeup. A completely different wig because she does wear wigs. Mm. She's actually completely bald. Mm. Yeah, a completely different wig. All this like makeup, these outfits that were just like... Churchy? I mean, yeah, but like very bright and colorful and floral and like Mm. dresses and things that she just hadn't ever presented with before. She looked completely different. Yeah, and that's weird. They said that her I'm sure on purpose, but weird was on purpose. Um, and they said that her she actually opted to act in her own defense, and so they said basically the whole thing was kind of like a theater. Not only like her and the way she presented herself, mm. but yeah. like also her questioning people and the way she acted and things like that it was just like very, very bizarre, very theatrical. At one point when an investigator testified that they dug 130 holes on the property looking for other victims, she laughed. Oh my God. And she also during trial admitted to removing the clothes from one of the men to allow the pigs to finish eating him. Oh my God. And obviously none of this really sat well with the jury. So they, um, in closing statements, she was like, I just want to demonstrate one more thing. And then was like, I just wanted to show you guys how I shot. I think it was Steven, how she shot him. Maybe it was Robert. And she like gets up and she was like, like posing as if she was holding a rifle. And she was like, this is how I shot him. And the judge was like, okay, you're not helping yourself. Like go sit back down, man. So the jury took all of this information and they went and deliberated for just an hour. Um, And then they found her guilty on all counts on April. Yeah. April 21st of 2015, guilty across the board. She was sentenced to a minimum of 50 years. Investigators do believe that there are more victims that have never been found. Oh, wow. Well, Uh, yeah, she said 17. Yeah. She can remember, I'm sure. That's a lot. Yes. Um, I wasn't really able to find out where she is serving, um, but it does sound based on like how she has been doing time at this point that she is serving in a women's prison and has filed an appeal at this point, of course. Um, but she got convicted for two. Yes. Two counts of murder, um, tampering with a corpse or something to that effect. And then, uh, the identity theft. Wow. That is the story of Susan Monica, the pig feeder murderer. While you were Googling though, was there other cases of women feeding Pigs Not that immediately it popped up that I noticed. Mm. Um, but what's so funny is I think, I wish I could ask Mikey if this is where he got his joke from because Mikey would always joke with me because like obviously I did like true crimes and like all these disgruntled like family annihilators and stuff like yeah. that. And he'd be like, the only time you'll have to ever have to worry is if I go out and buy some pigs or whatever. And I wonder if this is what he was talking about. I mean, I knew about getting fed to pigs before this because I know that if you let them be hungry... And I've also heard, don't starve the pigs. They'll eat anything. Because 
that means like I'm gonna kill you. I'll I'll starve the pigs. Yeah. Um, because if if they're really hungry, they'll eat through the bones. Yeah, and their stomachs are so acidic, it will actually yeah. digest anything. Right. So maybe that's this isn't the story where it's from. But he totally he would say that to me on and off as like his joke or whatever. And so it's kind of like a funny twist of irony that now I'm covering this story or whatever. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was like an organ case. Yep. But makes sense. Does make sense. So that is based off of like polls and feedback and everything that we do on Instagram. So if you're not already following our Instagram, that is where you're going to hear from me 90% of the time. So go over to our Instagram at a stranger danger podcast. You can email us a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Stranger Danger, colon, a true crime podcast, and you can follow the group, Stranger Danger, colon, murder lovers. And if you haven't done so already, go check us out on Patreon. We'd love your support there. It's patreon.com forward slash Stranger Danger podcast. Sorry, I just remembered what I was going to say. What? Ah, I don't know if you've actually seen this. We are very close to 100,000 downloads. Oh, yeah. We yeah, are going to yeah, hit it are. soon. If it's not this episode, it's going to be the next one. Thank you guys. Just yeah. like, oh That's my God. Huge. I don't even have the words. I don't even have the words, but. <sighs> That's a lot. It's a lot. And it like, it feels really good to do it with people that have become friends to yeah. us. Like. There are literally names that pop up that I recognize right away. Somebody actually, which one of you was it, that messaged me the other day and said that, um, I will find you. Hold on. Hold on. Who was I mean, it? We were just talking about this the other day because we were talking about Cheyenne and Ashley. And we're just like, you know what? If we go, when we go to Canada, we're just going to have to go visit them and hang out with them and maybe do a small collab. But, you know, we have to go to Canada and visit these girls and you guys are welcome to do the same. Come down to Oregon. We'll give <laughs> you a tour. <laughs> oh, it was Victoria, which is funny because I was just talking about her earlier. She told me the other day, somebody compared us um, to Morbid. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. that's a compliment. I was freaking out. And she told me she found us before she found Morbid. Oh, wow. We were her intro. And then she is friends with another one of our subscribers, Elise, who I also like the name immediately. I was like, I know exactly yeah. who that is. Elise introduced her to Morbid. She introduced Elise to us. And so like they've had gotcha. like this like bonding over it and everything. And it's just like, oh, the Aww. idea that we could be like somebody's first like true crime podcast and like get That's them into cool. it is really fun and exciting. And the fact that I know so many of you guys by your first names and like we talk and we're cool, yeah. like it's just... The amount of interaction that uh, that we get on Instagram by we I mean um, Kenzie, um, but it's just amazing because it's it goes a long way. We know that you guys are listening, that you guys are involved, so yeah. we're doing it knowing that there's people listening. So that's really been a great part of this, knowing that we're not falling on deaf ears. So we really do appreciate it. We both enjoy talking to each other as friends about true crime, crazy, crazy, crazy cases. Um, so it's been a wonderful journey. And here's to the first 100,000 almost. That's incredible. I'm sure we'll do something when we get to 100,000. Yeah, we have Maybe to. go to that haunted mansion <gasps> place that you're talking about. We should about. do an on-location type thing. That, that would, would be, be cool. Fun. For 100K? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I also am going to... I keep promising that I'm going to do this, and I haven't done it yet, just because like I haven't found a day to film. But I told you guys I was going to do a get ready with me, but I was going to do like a special effects like paint, oh, face painting type fun. thing. That is my goal to get done this week. So I am going to do it. I screenshotted all of your guys' questions that you sent me, because we were going to do it Q&A style, so I will do oh, that. Cool. But 
it will likely only go up on the Instagram. So if you are not following, that is going to be the place to be because I will probably do it as an IGTV. YouTube is dying from what I can tell. (laughs) Based on anyone I follow on YouTube, nobody's using YouTube anymore. So I think that's where I'm going to put it. If you guys have other places you want me to put it, you'll have to let me know. But otherwise, that's going to be where it goes. Anyway, I just, I don't know enough ways to say thank you, but thank you, guys. Love you guys. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Stick around to hear unedited conversations between us about other true crime related news. Here's a thought as far as death, uh, death row sentences go, or just, you know, lethal injection, or some states are bringing back firing squad, which is kind of scary. What? Yeah. Oh God. Um, but you know, I think that because there's just that tinge of maybe that tinge of, you know, maybe someone is innocent almost in any case, um, unless someone has confessed to a murder, um, I don't think they should be put to death. Although somebody did post the point. They can have a life sentence. Somebody did post the point that someone like Ted Bundy didn't confess to murder, but it was overwhelmingly overwhelmingly that he had done it so like that's a really interesting line to draw and then you bring in the false confession piece and everything like that and then it gets muddy there's so many it's such a it's such a great conversation there's no black and white for this somebody did say unless there is dna evidence yeah that's like unless there is solid dna evidence and and you can confirm someone was a single birth then yeah go ahead That would be an int- I'm sure that's happened. We'll have to look that up to see if, like, a twin's been convicted of something. Yeah. Maybe they didn't know they had a twin. That was on an episode of Law & Order, and it was oh, super see? interesting um, because it was a uh, it was a set of twins. One of them, I think one of the twins was transgendered, if I remember right, but they are technically identical twins because they were both born male. And, oh, God, I thought that was a real spider. Oh, <gasps> It was just part of your decoration. Ah. Oh, God. Um, and they, one of them committed a crime. They both confessed to the crime, and DNA evidence couldn't prove which one did it because they had identical Dang. DNA. That's uh-uh. interesting. I know. Yeah. It's like the same thing with like twins that get caught on like speeding cameras. You can't actually ticket a twin well, that me? gets caught on a red light cam because you can't prove which twin yeah. did it. Hmm. And you get me a twin. <laughs> We're going to get me one of those. An episode of Friends when Joey goes and gets himself a twin <laughs> yeah. for that study or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Anything else? Um, True crime related. Since we last talked, my understanding is that Josh Duggar has been released on bail. Yeah, I saw that you posted that Anna posted a picture, although old, but reposted a picture of him playing chess with one of the kids. So she posted on her stories, I think it was like 73 weeks ago, not that anyone's counting, um, a picture of him playing chess with their son, Yeah, I believe. And um, that was on her stories. She saved it in a highlight reel. And then she took that same photo and posted it to her main feed. Yeah. Like, just in the last few days. And I'm just kind of (laughs) like, I mean, you guys, again, if you're not following our Instagram, you're missing a lot. Because I got on there and I was like, she's doing the stand by her man thing. And everybody's like, no. And then she, like, quickly deleted it. 
But I am just like, God damn it. What is it going to take for you to figure out that your husband is evil spawn of Satan? I understand the whole wanting to stand by your spouse stance. And I'm putting myself in her shoes. Like, what is she trying to prove by putting up a picture? I think in this situation, and this is not by any means to make someone be quiet, but the best thing would probably just be be quiet. Yes. And I also, I understand like the whole like brainwashing, you know, battered women syndrome, although there's no evidence of any domestic abuse or anything like that. Um, But when it comes to the safety and well-being of your children, I no longer understand. Right. Like, I just don't get it. Your kids come first. And Mm -hmm. even if if there's a shadow of doubt in your head, your kids are going to, they should always take priority. Absolutely. I just. mm. And I'm sure she'll have a day in court where they're asking her to testify or they're going to ask her to, you know, either do an impact statement or they're going to make her. Spousal privilege. That's true. But. They are, what's interesting is they are granting him visitation rights with his kids. He hasn't been released to go home. Right. He can't go home. But he can have visitation with his kids as long as Anna is present. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> we're really going to, we're going to trust this situation? Okay. That's weird. It's a weird situation to be in. He went down such a rabbit hole today of, like, judges, like, speaking at different convictions and, like, sentencing things. Like their last words before sentencing or something? Not even, like, that, but, like, I saw this judge today that, I'm like, okay, I'm done with true crime news, Um, that he, so there were these four, four or five kids that in Michigan had been um, charged with murder for throwing rocks over an overpass, and one of them was, like, a six-pound rock that went through a window and killed a guy. And so they came to a plea deal for manslaughter. Yeah. And the judge rejected it. Ooh. Which I was like, yeah. Um, the judge rejected it and said that he had their Snapchat conversation. <gasps> no. And the kids basically were talking about laying low and um, make sure that you lay low and... Uh, as long as so-and-so doesn't rat on us, we'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. And basically showing just, like, zero remorse. And yeah. he was like, for that reason, I'm rejecting this plea deal, and this is going to proceed to trial for murder. And I was like, wow. oh, my God. And you could tell both, like, the defense and the prosecution were like, well, oh, shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, that was the rabbit hole I was on right before I came over. 